T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. If Sean decided to take over the play calling, I've seen him do it for a long time. Great success. He's going against some great quarterbacks in his day and offensive gurus that you have to beat. And so, you know, that would be great. If that's the route he feels is best for us, you know, I'm going to support that and uh, full faith that he would do a great job if it came to that. Brandon Bean at the Combine yesterday. Bill's making big news with the announcement that Leslie Frazier would be stepping away for the 2023 football season. Now, we're going to get to Sal here in a moment. Uh, we did This did break during the final hour yesterday. We did have Sal on about 24 hours ago. So I won't spend the entire time talking about that because we covered a lot of ground. And there are some other things from Brandon Bean yesterday, from Sean McDermott, uh, in other off-season matters to get to. So we'll cover it all. But Sal is joining us right now on the Western Hotline and brought to you by New York's only outlet liquor when you need to stock up. It's the best place to buy a case. What's your outlet? And Time permitting, we'll get into the team under, team over debate when it comes to toilet paper in your home. Good morning, Mr. Capaccio. How are you? I'm excellent. Uh, We had a nice discussion about it on the Always Game Day in uh, Buffalo podcast. There wasn't much of a debate between Matt and I, but we were wondering if there was a debate out there because we've seen it. So we put it out there. So that's a topic we can get into later. But yeah, the, hope you guys are having a good morning. We don't discuss it in our house. It becomes, it's kind of our equivalent to Rob Johnson versus Doug Flutie. It really tears the... That's amazing. Apart, so I usually let my wife have it. Go ahead. I just want to get this in real quick before we get straight into football with Sal. Yeah. Darren Dreger just tweeted, teams are poised, hoping for a price drop on Jacob Chikrin. Buffalo is staying close. Good. Good. Interesting. Let's go price drop. So just throwing that out there, trade Woo. deadline is Friday. Well, again, some teams took themselves, we hope, out of the running for a defenseman with some of the moves they made while getting frustrated with Arizona. All right, Friday Sal. is the trade deadline. Can I, can yes. I real quick just say... Um, yeah. Just to promote uh, Joe, we are going to have an extra point show, Liam McHugh, on Friday oh. on our uh, on our uh, Beautiful. extra U- point show. U- so U- leading up to the trade deadline, so yeah. that'll be cool. Yeah, right. UB grad, UB, I UB. think. Yeah, right? yep. Yeah. He, yep. UB grad. Yep. TNT and chill on TNT. Yep. So on the Fraser front, before we get into the other stuff, Sal. And by the way, phone lines are open. If you have any questions on Leslie Fraser or anything Bills related, Sal's ready to take them at eight zero three zero five fifty. On the Leslie Fraser front, when we got you on yesterday, and the news had come out, mm-hmm. and we talked about okay, what did they do? 
who handles the play calling. We discussed the idea of whether Sean McDermott, who has obviously defensive coordinator experience, would just take over the play calling. And we got into the discussion of, does it spread him too thin? You mentioned he, he's, he likes to be more of an overseer. So what did you hear yesterday that might impact what your answer would be 24 hours later to, would Sean McDermott take over the play calling? Uh, what I've heard yesterday and leading up to today is be prepared that Sean McDermott's going to be the defensive play caller. Okay. That, that's what's going to most likely happen this year. Yeah. Uh, unless something changes as far as how this is leaning and how this is trending, um, Sean has a lot of faith in the people that he can lean on in the building to do all the other things that need to get done that he can rely on during the week and on game day. Um, obviously, it's possible he could wind up going in another direction, but at this point, it is very much leaning towards Sean McDermott is going to be the play caller. Now, whether or not he actually hires someone or gives them the title of defensive coordinator, that could still happen. But when they line up for opening day, game one in 2023, at this point, it is looking more and more like Sean McDermott will be the play caller. Okay. Not a problem. I, I, I want to follow up and ask you if it is, but I'm answering my own question about the idea of um, maybe spreading yourself too thin. There are plenty of coaches in this league, whether it's offense or defense, that are head coaches and are primary play callers for their team during games. It hasn't hurt Andy mm-hmm. Reid. They just won the Super Bowl. It didn't hurt Kyle Shanahan. They made it to the conference championship game. Um, so do you think it could be an issue going forward uh, for Sean McDermott as a head coach to be doing that as well? Can it? Sure. I mean, I've heard from people yesterday. I had a friend text me and say, hey, I I don't love his game management enough anyway Mm, with replays and timeouts and things like that. Right. I'm sorry. Can you hear me? Okay. Yeah, I got you. I'm sorry. Yeah, I I understand what the point is going. Go ahead. Right, right. And, and, you know, people, um, you know, someone said that to me and, and I don't know. I mean, that's a fair criticism. If you want to go down that road, I think you could look at it and say, well, in replay situations, he relies on other people anyway. Is it really? Is it him not managing it correctly, or is it you know people giving him wrong information? I don't have as much of an issue with timeouts as many people might. I don't know. I guess every coach, you can go through that uh, here and there. But can it become? Sure, you could put too much on your plate, but let's go back to what I just said a little while ago. Um, you know, This is a coach who's now going into his seventh year uh, as a coach in the NFL. And right, 17, 18, 19, 20, 20, 20. Yep, seventh year in the NHL, in the NFL. Uh, he's one of the longest tenured coaches, uh, to be honest with you now. Yeah. And he has a very veteran staff. Most of his staff has been with him. Obviously, there's been some changeover. We're going to get Al Holcomb in here now and Adam Henry in here now. Um, but he's going to have a coaching staff that he can rely on to do all those things to not necessarily have it impact him in a negative way, of course. Um, you know, I, yes, can, can you... Could we see ourselves here four or five weeks into the season going, you know, man, I I just McDermott having so much on his plate, calling plays and game management. Can those things pop up? There's no doubt they could. We we could be having that discussion. But at this point, I think Sean and the organization at least feel like that's not going to be a problem based on what his staff is and what those duties require. Sal, I wanted to get in some other stuff with you. Joe, I don't know if you want to cover anything with Leslie Frazier before I asked him about like the non-coaching stuff. So I wanted to talk about some other things. And listening to both the guys yesterday, one of the things that that Joe brought up when Joe Marino was on, both Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott were very much so vote of confidence on Gabe Davis. So he's he's a talking point in the offseason, right? We're, We're all wondering, you know, can he, can he be the number two guy? He had some inconsistencies. He had some drops. He had some issues. Both guys were very much uh, in Gabe Davis's corner, both pointing out early in the season he was injured and it, it affected him at that point. So kind of tell me what you take away in the, the offseason discussion of adding another receiver, 
maybe a priority in the draft. What did you take away from Gabe Davis and how might that impact the Bills offseason plan at that position? Nothing that was said yesterday about Gabe Davis surprises me. I've known for a while that they are very, very much supporting a uh, very supportive of Gabe Davis as a player on this team, not only in his current role and what he can do and be able to be even better and expand on that. Because basically, you know, as McDermott said, he had a little bit of an injury last year and things like that. You know, he turned that ankle in week two and he yep. maybe not, wasn't necessarily the same for quite a while, if not the whole season. Remember, he missed that game against Tennessee. That was a that was a uh, walkthrough in, in, uh, injury, you know, um, that Saturday, I believe. Anyway. It doesn't surprise me at all, and they do have a lot of faith in him. This is a player that they drafted, that they have developed. He's their highest drafted wide receiver in the Sean, in the Brandon Bean uh, era. Now, of course, they spent a first-round pick to get Stephon Diggs, but as far as actually drafting the player from college, he is their highest drafted player. And I'll even go so far as to say, and I've said this before, don't be surprised if we're sitting here in training camp and Gabe Davis gets a contract extension. Mm. He's going into the final yes. year of his deal. They did this with Dawson Knox last year. That's how much I believe that they believe in Gabe Davis from things that I've heard over the last several months. Mm. And the, the the talk of Gabriel Davis, Sal, I mean, I don't even think anyone's ever really said or thought, like even callers, that he should not be on the field at all. I think, right. I think made, the Bills could agree with that, right? Like on some level that... Maybe he's just not a guy that you want to give 100-plus targets to, which can still mean he's a good player and he is a useful player, especially for what he does down the field. Um, I, th- I think for me it's always been more what's around Gabriel Davis and the role he's in rather than whether or not he's actually on the field. Yeah, and, you know, Joe, I've made this comparison before. It's like It's like in basketball when you have a really good shooting guard but you don't have a great ball handler, so you've got to put him at point guard. Well, now you're kind of more deficient in two areas because you can put something else at shooting guard. Well, once you get that really good point guard, now you can move him. Now you're better at two areas, and I think that might be what happened, what's happening here and what happened last year with the Bills receiving core, which is you, know, you put Gabe Davis in a spot where he's got to be so relied on as that number two guy, and his game is stretching the field a little bit more, making those big plays down the field when teams target and take away Stephon Diggs, and he's good enough anyway to kind of beat those double teams in number one corners. We've seen that. But when you're asking that, now you're, okay, well, Davis, I'm sorry, uh, Diggs is taken away. And now, you know, I, I don't have necessarily the guy to get those easy throws and catches to. That's not Gabe Davis's game necessarily. And they were deficient too much in the slot last year. They had the injury to Jamison Crowder, obviously. Isaiah McKenzie didn't step up enough. I think by improving one of the receiver spots, I think you'll improve more than one receiver spot, if that makes sense. We also discussed, let's stay on offense for the time being. We also brought up uh, James Cook and uh, Bean's comments yesterday. Uh, both were asked about James Cook, but Bean was also asked about you know Singletary, and he didn't rule out Devin being back. I'm going to operate for this question on the assumption of Devin not coming back, Sal. Um, Bean addressed the idea of more touches, a greater role for James Cook. Would you, would you ex- first off, I guess, would you expect him to be the number one running back? And how much more of a role do you think he could handle in year two? I do think he'll take on the more of the lead role because I don't see at this time Devin Singletary coming back. It's mm-hmm. possible. You guys talk with Joe, and I heard what Joe said, and I agree with Joe a lot, and it's what Joe DiBiase and I have talked about. I know I'm referring to Joe Marino a little last segment, but um, which is maybe maybe there's a path for Devin Sing- <laughs> excuse me guys, sorry, for Devin Singletary to come back at a you know pretty reduced rate because he's not going to get a ton on the open market. Right. But at this point, I don't know if that's going to happen. There might be a team out there going, hey, you know, this guy, we can pay him $5 million, and he's going to be able to carry the ball 20 times a game for us. That could happen too. 
Um, so I do think James Cook becomes the lead role. I think the question is, what does that look like in a Buffalo Bills offense? Because you're not going to sit there and hand him the ball 25 times. He's not going to get you know, even 25 touches a game. That's not the type of offense the Bills run. They're not running a Derrick Henry-centered offense. They're not running a running back-centered offense. So can he handle it? Yes. In the current construction of the way the Bills like to run their offense and the philosophy of it, I don't see any problem with that because they've never been a team that's going to overwork that guy. He's going to have somebody else behind him like Devin Singletary did for the last three and a half years when he became the primary ball carrier. Because Devin Singletary, he's never really been at the top of the league in any carries or anything like that. He's been a guy, he's been your lead back, but what does that mean in the context of how lead backs are thought of around the league? So to answer your question, yes, I think he could do that, but let's not make it sound like he's going to suddenly get all of these carries that the Bills suddenly normally don't give guys. So, okay, um, Hines, is Hines back on the roster next season? Not at the number he's making. I can't see that. He is scheduled to make $4.8 million. And that's problematic enough if, you know, for a guy that, A, is just a punt and kick returner, or B, even a backup running back. Even if you wanted to say, look, he's going to have a much bigger role in our offense, that's fine. That's still quite a bit of money to pay a number two back, assuming James Cook is. Um, and on top of that, though, guys... It's not. This is a situation where because they traded for him and his his bonus money, the bills aren't responsible for. If they release him, every single dollar of that four point eight million dollars cleared off the salary cap. Yeah. It's not like releasing him has any dead money whatsoever. Uh, it does not. Uh, so to me, it's an easy release and or restructure. It might be just hey, let's tear up your contract. Let's give you a new one. We'll give you some money up front. Let's lower that by a couple million. You know, keep you around for another year or two. It's possible they could do that. Let's. What did Brandon Bean say yesterday? restructures mm-hmm. he would probably go yes. to that even more than outright releases like to me a restructure josh allen there's no doubt i don't think that's i think that's going to happen you're going to save a lot of money there you could have bond miller and there, guys making bigger salaries but i think naeem hines is a total candidate for this because you just can't pay him 4.8 million dollars in the role he's going to be playing yeah totally took me into my next question well done this is why you're on the beat the, you know we are beginning to see Bobby Wagner was released, right? Tampa's going to cut Fournette. Uh, you know, Johnson was cut by the Brent. Anyway, we're Galladay. We're seeing guys get cut. We're approaching that time where you have to have all that cap space. The Bills are over the cap. So talk a little bit about what Brandon Bean said. I believe on One Bills Live, Sal, you tweeted about it. More restructuring. There, there would be releases probably, but more restructurings, right? Can they yep. make this work with the restructurings, get under the cap, do what they have to do, and also have space to add a free agent or two, have your draft class, and do everything they'd like to do. Have you guys paid attention to a team called the New Orleans Saints over the last several years? <laughs> I've learned more yeah. about They're them. They're in the NFL. I'm, They're not I'm, that yeah. bad. They, yeah. they, they've, they've had some success. Yeah. Have you paid attention to a team called the Los Angeles Rams who won the Super Bowl <laughs> a couple of years ago? The answer is, of course they can do it, right? Yeah. I mean, is the salary cap a myth? No, but it's funny money that you can play with in a sure. lot of different ways and you can be super creative with, and the Bills will do that. It's very easy to restructure Josh Allen's contract. $27.5 million is his base salary. You can literally reduce that down to, what, a million and a half, two million million, $2 million, and save 20 million on the salary cap yep. to spread that out. Bam, you are now at or under the cap just with that right there. Now you have Von Miller. Now Von's actually now Von's base salary this year is one point three million dollars. Um, he does have a roster bonus though of thirteen point three million dollars. Guess what you could do with that? Go from roster bonus 
to signing bonus. Now you can clear another $10 million. Suddenly you're $10 million under the salary cap. That doesn't include a Naheem Hines. That doesn't include other people that you might be able to do this with. you got void years on Matt Milano's deals or something they do with him. I'm not predicting it necessarily, but these are ways to do it. Yeah. Yes, they, the Bills will be under the salary cap by 4 p.m. March 15th because they have to be. And then from there, they'll have more room that they'll create to be able to do what they have to do. I used to be a cap guy, and then I realized the Saints are the shining example <laughs> of you could be $100 million over the cap, and then all of a sudden cap compliant a day later. And I thought it was interesting when Bean said yesterday, Sal, uh, you know, we're going to be tight this year, we're going to be tight next year. But in terms of pushing things into the future, a couple years down the road, there are very few guys under contract that long, and you'll have, you know, right now you do have plenty of space to push things beyond 2024. Yeah, and, and a couple things here. First of all, even though Josh's contract is six years, if you do if you do restructure, you can only push that money out five years. That's what the CBA allows. You mm-hmm. can't go all six years. So it does kind of make it a little bit more crunch there with some of that. Um, that is true, but the reason that's true is because teams sign guys to one-year deals a lot. I mean, most of the guys on the Bills, even the, the free agents they have, they have 21, 22 unrestricted free agents. Most of them are guys because they signed one-year deals, not all of them, or even two-year deals. So I actually did put out a tweet and a, uh, a chart a, a few days ago. Maybe last week you guys might have seen it. You did. We talked about this. Remember Josh Allen's on the 2029 column, right? 2028 is Diggs and Miller when these guys expire. Yeah. Their contracts, that is. Um, over the next couple of years, you do have you know some guys, including, but you also have you know fifth year option for Greg Rousseau, fifth year option for Kyrie Elam. You can move out. Those are going to happen. Those are going to come up. So he's right. But over the next couple of years, like next, like this year, they're going to sign a bunch of guys to one year deals. They do it every year. Guess what's going to happen next year? Those guys are going to be free agents. So this is going to be a cycle that's going to happen every year. And you're right, though, as you go on, the core of their team, though. Most of them expire 24, I'm sorry, 25 and 26 in those off-seasons. You could still have some room to play with some stuff down the road if you want to extend out contracts. I think Tremaine Edmonds is perfect for this. You want to get Tremaine Edmonds back, you can give him a five-year deal. You can give him a six-year deal. He's still going to be fairly young in his next contract when it expires, and you can push all that, that money down the road. So with all this money talk, should we be talking about at Oliver trades more? I mean, they'd save all $11 million if they traded him. Joe, you know I uh, I brought up, what, about a month ago that yeah. the Bills should look to trade out Oliver for a wide receiver. Right. right. I mean, I think you could take that money and do it. I think the issue is not from the Bills' side. I think the issue is from another team side. You have to have a team out there willing to take on Ed Oliver's one-year deal for $10-plus million unless they are confident and they can get an extension with him, which is possible, right? We've seen that happen. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I think it's an option. I think they should look at it. Um, I, I think one thing that's going to help at Oliver a lot is getting Von Miller back healthy if they can do that. I think his game really changed, and he wasn't as productive once they lost Von Miller. When teams had to concentrate more on the edge, he was much more disruptive. And McDermott spoke about that yesterday, and he said, you know, if affecting the quarterback from the interior, like he did some nice things doing that. And he's right, but it definitely went downhill more after Von Miller was out. To answer your question, Joe, I, I do think that's a something the Bills should look into. But he's a good player. Ed Oliver's a good player. We've seen flashes that he can be, he can be great and dominant at times. Um, I don't see an extension on the horizon for him. He'd have to really step up his game and show more and put them in a position to do that. I think the issue with trading him, though, is is there a team out there that, you'd, that is willing to do that? This guy's going into one final year of his contract at the number he's making. Uh, quick Tamar Hamlin update, because Joe and I have yeah. not gotten to that yet at any point this morning. But uh, there seemed to be some encouraging news on the DeMar Hamlin front from Brandon Bean. 
Brandon said that DeMar wants to play football again. He said if he gets cleared by doctors, he will play football game. And that makes sense. I mean, if doctors clear him, that's yeah. what you do, right? I mean, it's um, I know this is not an injury per se. This is what happened on the field with his heart. Um, but that's what happens when guys get cleared to play. Then they play. They're football players. And now it's up to him. Does he want to play football again? Does he want to resume? And if he's getting clearance from doctors saying, hey, you can do this and we're going to clear you, meaning you know, we don't think there's any more of a health risk by you going out there, then he's going to do it. And he wants to do that. Um, it's going to be a really interesting situation to monitor because I think whatever intel information they're getting from doctors and Damar could very well impact how they operate this offseason, of course. Sure. Yep. And then there's the fact of, though, even if doctors clear Damar and he says, I want to come back, now the Bills have to make decisions about what they see in Damar and That's what right. they feel he can do and what position they want to put themselves and him in. Um, but the, the way this organization has pretty much always operated is they rely on the medical staffs to, and the, the doctors. And if they say he's good to go, then he's good to go. And they're going to treat him like, you know, like that. And be, he, he'll play. And we know that he played and started a lot last year. So safety is, I think safety is a really sneaky, underrated position that they'll have to address this offseason. And it, it, it could come internally. It sneaky, Sal. They do have to address it. That's right. That's right. Yeah. And what I mean by that, though, is. I know we don't talk a lot about high draft picks at safety. Maybe we should a little bit. We don't mm-hmm. talk about like a, a nice free agent, you know, giving them some mm-hmm. decent money. Maybe we should a little bit there. I'm not telling you they're going to go out and do that. I wonder if they're thinking that way, though. But let's also remember Damar in his situation and then Christian Benford, right. who, you know, being said yesterday about his versatility and he can play safety. And maybe that's something you do. So there are options internally as well. Jaquan Johnson's a free agent. That's, you know, not that he played a lot of safety. Cam Lewis, I think Cam Lewis, I think he's under contract. I have to look at my chart here. Um, but you know, it it didn't go great for him when he played necessarily at safety. So um, you know, we'll see how everything goes. Cam Lewis, by the way, is a, is is a restricted free agent. That's why. What when when we talk about Benford and listening to Bean a little bit yesterday, I wonder, and I don't know if you know this number, but might it come down to whether or not. Or is it? Would you assume Dane Jackson, despite being a restricted free agent, is going to be back here next year? Because I, I don't know what that money looks like. I'm just thinking if he wouldn't, that would probably deter them from moving Benford to, to safety because he would be the direct backup at outside corner. Well, one of the guys yesterday, Sal, maybe I don't remember which whether it was Bean or McDermott didn't. Maybe both. One of them for sure said right now the plan is for Benford to be first at cornerback. And see how that goes, right? And that's why I'm wondering. Like, I don't know. I don't know what the Dane Jackson contract would look like. I can't imagine it would be much, obviously. But uh, well, let's, I'll tell you about that one second. I mean, let's remember Christian Benford did win a starting job at yeah, corner. Also, out of also that. That's also right. that. Yeah. yeah. Right. I mean, like, like he got hurt. He didn't play in Kyrie Elam. The focus was on Elam. By the way, I got into a really good you know, de- debate, discussion with people yesterday, last night on Twitter, about the Bills playing rookies. And I think there's this, this thing out there that, well, they, they, they don't play rookies. That's well, it may true. be true they didn't play rookies much last year, but I don't think there's an overarching philosophy that they don't play rookies. Christian Benford won a starting job. He was a sixth-round rookie, and they put him right in. Now, you can argue that more rookies should have played. I agree. I think Khalil Shakir should have played more. But it's not something where, well, he's a rookie, we're not going to play him. If that's true, why did Christian Benford win a starting job? So all that said, let's remember he did win a starting job as a corner. Now that might come down to what they feel about Kyer Elam and his progress. As far as Dane Jackson, um, the, the the numbers aren't out yet, Joe, for the RFA tenders, but I don't think they are. They might be officially. I don't think so, but I think they're projected here. Even if they put a right of first refusal, not even a second round tender on him, you're talking $2.3 million, close to it, okay. for Dane Jackson. I don't know if they want to go that high for Dane Jackson. So 
It might simply be we're not going to give it to him. We're going to hope that he resigns here. It could be a Levi Wallace situation. And then if he goes, he goes. And if he comes back, he comes back. All right, Mr. A second-round tender, by the way, is $4.3 million. Yeah, that's not happening. No. That's, that's a lot. All right, Mr. Capaccio. Uh, hey, nice job as always. And put me down for Team Under. <laughs> I got you, buddy. All right, you Sal, it. thank you. Sal joining us here on the Western Hotline, and his segment was brought to you by New York's only outlet, Liquor. When you need to stock up, it's the best place to buy a case. What's your outlet? I'm assuming you follow Sal on Twitter. If you don't, you should. Uh, but if you missed it, he has an article recapping what came out of Indianapolis yesterday uh, from the Bills Brain Trust. You can check that out on his Twitter feed. And, of course, we have full Bills coverage at WGR550.com. 803-0550 to join us on the Bills, on the Leslie Frazier news. What do you think the impact is of yesterday's news of Leslie Frazier stepping away from coaching next season? Uh, what else? Oh, Sabres, of course, well, they lost last night. But we're talking about the trade deadline and the piece you really hope Kevin Adams adds to this roster by Friday at 3 o'clock. And by the way, coverage of the NHL trade deadline on WGR is brought to you by Outlet Liquor. When you need to stock up, it is the place to buy a case. What's your outlet? We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Oh, oh, oh. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.